Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, you do it. Hello. That's got to the intro? Yeah. Do it properly. Uh, hello. Oh, you want me to say the intro? Yeah, Sorry. that's close to do. Okay. Um, hello, everyone. <laughs> And welcome to Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast brought to you by the good people at King's Comics in Sydney, 310 Pitt Street or kingscomics.com. And I'm Levens. And he's Levens. And I'm Siobhan. <laughs> this is oh, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Comic book podcast that we host every single week. We review all the comics that came out last week, let you know what we thought of them. There were a lot of comics last week, Siobhan. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. Same. I'm too tired to do an intro properly. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we begin every episode by reviewing all of the number one issues that came out in the last week. And uh, that's how we're going to do this episode right now. Good. First things first is the name of the segment. We review all the number one issues that came out last week. And the first of which I'm going to talk about is Black Hammer Age of Doom. Came out through Dark Horse Comics. It is the continuation of the Black Hammer uh, mm-hmm. series written mm-hmm. by Jeff Lemire with returning artist Dean Ormston colors by Dave Stewart letters by Todd Klein this has been a uh, a long time favorite book for serious issues since we yep. started the podcast and it, um, it, it's had many little spin-off mini series mm-hmm. um, but the main series has been on hiatus and it was very exciting to see this back on the stack absolutely um, and I like that I, well, I mean I, I, said, I said I like but I'm not sure how I feel about the sort of numbering it as separate um, sort of graphic novel I think that now. is what Dark Horse kind of do with a lot of their series. That's true. Namely Hellboy, BRPD. They've started doing it with <laughs> Usagi as well. Yeah. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's just, a, it's just a smart way to do things. That, true. You know, they've been getting away with it for years without anyone outcrying on the internet. So why start now? Um, true. And this is, like, even though this is a direct continuation of the story, there is a... Uh, kind of side, like I guess the A story here um, follows one of the characters who is not some of the, basically Black Hammer is about a bunch of superheroes from like the kind of like alternate reality, Silver Age hero Mm -hmm. sphere um, that get uh, displaced from their earth and have to live in this uh, ho-dunk, po-dunk little little town Um, and uh, they can't escape it. There's a force field that they cannot, that stops them from leaving this town. And uh, they all want to leave and they can't. Mm-hmm. But there's mysterious forces at play. And um, the B- Black Hammer was one of the heroes who came to this weird dimension with them. And um, he 
died mm-hmm. and his daughter has been looking into his disappearance and she from ma- the original universe and she managed to find her way to where everyone is stuck in Black Hammer and so this is a direct continuation of of the first series however it follows this daughter who we know more of thanks to a uh, a mini series that came out last year mm-hmm. um and uh yeah it, it, this is kind of like I guess the age of doom refers to, like, I guess, Jeff Lemire's take on the Doom Patrol is what you kind of got from this, yeah. I mean, this definitely, uh, this book is, like, extremely referential of different superheroes. I would say almost, like, especially DC. Mm. Like, it doesn't really have that much to do with the ages of Marvel Uh, Black Black Hammer, Thor. Uh, Yeah, true, I suppose. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, this seems very referential of, like, 90s Vertigo and Hellboy and Doom Patrol and stuff like that, which is fun. Definitely it's a fun. fun era of comics for me. Super fun. And look, I, I don't think this really deserves to be in a number one because no. it was a direct continuation of the story. But the new path that the daughter is kind of flung into uh, definitely feels like a big tonal shift. Um, she ends up in a in a bar that she can't leave, so she's in a new place that she can't leave. Uh, that's surrounded by like all kinds of uh, quirky uh, D list. Oddity heroes, mm-hmm. not in her heroes. They're just weird people with powers and yeah. afflictions, mutations, all that kind of thing. So yeah, who knows what, what where this series is going to go next? Which one's going to focus on? But there's a middle. The middle page spread is the most dark horse this book has ever looked. Mm, absolutely. Um, and spooky uh, villains. Real good. Real good stuff. Absolutely. Uh, so look, I, I assume most of you listening already read Black Hammer. In which case, how good is it to have this book back? Great. Extremely um, good. If you don't, re- if you haven't read it yet, and you're like, "Oh, a new number one," don't jump on board with this. No, it's a no. really, it's a really silly idea. Yeah, I don't think this would make much sense without having read the other series. Yeah, exactly. but go back and read the other series because it's great. It's very good. It won an Eisner Award. Good on them. None well of the heard. other number ones this week won an Eisner Award. <laughs> Um, but we're going to talk about them anyway. Image put out a new number one this week um, that was called Skyward. And um, it was written by Joe Henderson with art by Lee Garbett with colours by Antonio Fabella and Simon Bowland on letters. Um, this was an incredible example of just a really, really simple concept. Mm-hmm. Just just a perfect first issue that just sets up the world yeah. and, and introduces you to, like, honestly, two characters within it. Yeah. You're like, wow, what a great idea. And I'm on board for this series. It's a pretty silly idea. It's like, what if gravity turned off? Yep. So one, That's basically it, right? Yep. We have a we have a prologue in which we see a young family um, with one baby daughter, um, kind of getting starting their day, mm-hmm. and then suddenly there's no gravity, and um, the the father of the of the of the, of the couple, mm-hmm. um, he is a scientist, mm-hmm. and he's like, I told him it would happen. I told him it would happen one day, mm. but then realizes that he just said goodbye to his wife out the front door, mm-hmm. and. Goodbye, wife. Goodbye, wife. Then we cut to the for- to the future, twenty years from 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 that point where the gravity turns off, which is now referred to as G Day, mm-hmm. and we see the daughter of that couple, um, who is now acting as a messenger, mm-hmm. um, who basically moves throughout this is new low no gravity uh, Earth, mm-hmm. using a gun to propel herself from mm-hmm. one place to another, quite dangerously, um, and uh, you know she's, she's sick of living in Chicago, um, and kind of wants to move. Wants to get out, wants to travel the world. Yeah. It, but you can't because there's no fucking gravity. Yeah. Nightmare. It's a... Uh, I loved this. This yeah, was, was just like, issue. hell yeah, comic books. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> concepts. Yeah. Done really well. Silly. Big scale. Good. Great art. Nice colors. Yeah. Just, Bam. yeah. I really... I, I, I'm really on board with this series. It totally. Was, it was so nice to get a number one that that 
didn't go like, okay, like, you know, they're going to do a lot of really slow world building in this yeah, issue. Absolutely. Like, you know, it'll be good by the end. you got to slog through this. This was such a fun, breezy, mm-hmm. like just, I mean, the, 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 it's a, it's a five, five word pitch. Yeah, absolutely. Book. Yeah, yeah. Gravity turns off. Booyah. Fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good so fun. Good. I liked it. Yeah. Fuck, I just realized that I meant to do a joke at the beginning of the episode and say, welcome to the 1,000th episode of uh, Serious Issues. That would have been really good if you had. Oh, well. But oh, you did a great, you did a great hey, intro too. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was Skyward through Image Books. That's definitely my favorite number one of the week because Black Hammer Age of Doom doesn't really count. Um, we also got from Black Mask another um, story about a weird alternate version of the future. I didn't read this. And, uh, and a messenger. Um, this one was called Survival Fetish, and it is written oh by Patrick Kinlan with art by Antonio Fuso, who I think did James Bond, okay. maybe? Warren oh, Willis's that sounds James Bond, does that sound right? Um, and, uh, yeah, this book um, is about – it's a black and white comic. Um, mm-hmm. Fuso has very kind of um, uh, stylized kind of, uh, you know, Euro artwork, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this book is about um, – uh, in the future, for some reason, uh, there are snipers. Okay. All the time. And no one goes outside because you'll get sniped. Cool. <laughs> Nightmare. But there are runners. Okay. And um, our protagonist in this book is a runner who basically runs things from one part of the city to another. Okay. And he gets shot in this book, but it just it's just a graze and he just picks back up and keeps running. Right. So he's, you know, one of the few that kind of brave enough to go outside and, and, you know, avoid the sniper fire. Uh, Why are there snipers? I don't know. It's not, not really explained. explained. It is hinted okay. at, and I don't want it. It's a big, like, oh, shit, twist that kind of changes everything. Right, okay. Um, at the end, like, I was like, this is so stupid mm. reading it. Like, what a, why why are there sniper rifle all mm. the time? What This is so dumb. But it was, you know, quite well written from a character point of view. Um, you know, he, he he has a relationship with the daughter of one of the kind of higher ups at one of the families that he works for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, their relationship was like pretty funny and, and, and good to to read about. But um, there's a big twist at the end that kind of suddenly paints this would be hero in a completely different light at What's the end the of the issue. You want to know? Yeah. So he works for, or he basically pays off snipers to shoot at him or pretend that they're shooting at him. So maybe maybe everyone who is avoiding the sniper fire like there's it, they have been lied to and that they're, they're like and so like I don't I don't know what his what what the overall motive is, why people are paying other people to shoot them. Mm. <laughs> but but what? uh yeah, he basically makes money by delivering things from family to family by braving the outside world but he's the one paying people to shoot at him to make it seem like it's a threat, I guess. Right. Well, that's... I what? Yeah. I, look, I would recommend this. I, 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 that, that twist was was pretty crazy, and I think that means that the next issue is going to be very different from this first one. Mm. But, uh, yeah, look, it's a, we love alternate weird future danger threat things. Don't wish them on. That is a thing that I love. <laughs> um, so, yeah, survival fetish out through Black Mask Comics, who, you know, very rarely steer us wrong in terms yeah. of new series. Cool. Um, Aftershock this week put out a book called Her Infernal Descent. Um, and uh, it was written by Lonnie Nadler. And Zach Thompson. And Zach Thompson. I was going to say put Lonnie Nadler in the uh, list of great names in comics. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, and art by Kyle Charles with colors by Dee Kniff. Um And this was about an old lady whose family are stuck in hell. Cool. And so he, she gets help or kind of help 
by the from the poet, the dead poet William Blake. Right. Yep. Yep. William Blake. Who, and he's like, let's go down to hell and save your family for no reason. Yeah. She's like, yeah, all right. I haven't got anything better to do. <laughs> and then they go to hell. And uh, <laughs> I think the, the strangest part of this book is how unfazed she is by this whole experience. And I understand that's supposed to be like a bit of a character choice. Like she's a bit like, no, oh, I'm this shit again. I'm so sad because my family's dead and I have to go save them. But how much it, worse could it get? Yeah. Oh hell, I don't care. <laughs> Just makes it seem really like low stakes and kind of uninteresting. Yeah, um, I also like when when she gets to hell or you know the afterlife. It's mm. only celebrities. Yeah, like and li- <laughs> literary celebrities. Yeah, at that. the first people she meets is like Plato and Aristotle, and they're all obsessed with like whether people are still talking about their shit. Uh, that was like the I one don't thing. Think is like. Oh, but I liked that. Yeah, I liked that. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, but then like everyone else is just all like literary greats, you know, from your obvious to your less obvious but then suddenly musicians so Hendrix and Lennon are there too yeah that's what I think it's like (laughs) my main problem with this like I I sort of I didn't like I like the concept I like that for once like a little old lady is the hero of a book that's cool yeah I really Um, enjoy the art too but there was like like zero character like she's just you, you just get what you see from her visually and we understand that her family's dead but like there's sort of nothing I thought a lot of character came from the art but I think yeah. she's getting like bombarded by William Blake talking in rhyme all the time and which is very annoying extremely and annoying also you you really are going to struggle when you have someone who's like a famous poet to write in their voice like unless you are as smart and as talented as that poet and I don't necessarily know if Lonnie Nadler is. Yeah, because throughout... Oh, no, it, could, it could be Zach Thompson who isn't. could also well. be Zach Thompson. Um, but uh, uh, don't destroy Lonnie under yeah, the bus. sorry. Um, but uh, the um, he speaks in, in rhyme that the, the, the writers have written for the most part and then there's one moment where he quotes. He like says a direct quote from one of his actual mm. writings and it's completely different to the dialogue yeah. that he's been saying. It's like, oh, you didn't really nail his voice then Yeah, for me to be able to tell from that small amount. But... Also, why would he always speak in rhyme? He's not Etrigan. Oh, no, he, they, 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 you speak in, in rhyme as a way to offer yourself passage to the afterlife or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I'm not going to be continuing with this series. Probably me neither. But I really liked Sorry, the art. Fellas. Kyle Charles's art um, was excellent. Yeah, the art was great. Really, really good. And did a lot of the legwork um, that the dialogue wasn't doing as well, I don't think. Yep, absolutely. Uh, um, also, this was the, one of two books this week that had a quote from the divine comedy that band the divine comedy in it this one said i did not die and yet i lost life's breath i don't (laughs) i don't don't know that band at all but it was just weird it's even quoted in two books this week yeah it's not it's not a band isn't it it's from the book the divine comedy by dante there's a band called the divine comedy yeah i'm sure there is yeah right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that, that's why I was like, why the fuck are they quoting that weird band called the Divine Comedy? <laughs> and why, why are their songs so like formal and prosaic? That's so weird. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, you win in this round, Shakespeare School. <laughs> Finally. Uh, Finally, so, it's paying off. Uh, number one stack is, is, is empty, so Sorry. I'm going to have to uh, guide you through these uh, these books that I read. Uh, Xenoscope put out a book called The Mainstream, oh, God. which is their take on The Matrix. Cool. Not really. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> um, IDW released another um, book written by Ron Mars in his Ominous Press uh, book, uh, published kind of like label thing. Yeah. Um, this one featured uh, art by Andy Smith and Michael Atia. It's called Demigod. 
and this is about an uh, average dumb teenage idiot who can't get the the hot girl. Great. Um, who one day after he, Cerebus breaks into his um, his place of employment and rips apart his boss. Um, he grabs a, a bat that has been signed by Babe Ruth to defend himself and then it morphs into like a Herculean kind of weapon which then melts all over him and he becomes a demigod. Mm. And it did a lot of meta things like having when he becomes the, the hero at the end, he talks directly to the character, directly to the audience and even okay. says like, you know, like, um, so what happens next? Well, I turned into a hero with big muscles and a cool costume. So obviously I'm kicking somebody's ass. A few asses, actually. You want to come back next month for that, right? I'll be here. You be here. It's a date. Because my story is definitely to be continued. That sounds slightly desperate. Um, so yeah, if, if that is a tone that you enjoy in your comic books, uh, give Demigod a try. Um, I read Marvel Superhero Adventures number one, which mm-hmm. is an all-ages uh, Marvel book. Um, I thought you would. So you didn't? No. That's not the only reason why you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Levins will probably read this and he'll say if it's any good for children. Uh, Is it good for children? Yes, it is great for children. And it is like, and I think it's so easy to throw these kind of all ages books under the bus like we did with um, that recent Why the Fuck Does This Exist? uh, Infinity, some bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Infinity Shards book, yes. the weird things that like they kind of tie into the movies, but don't really. Yes. (laughs) This is so much better than that. It's a really, really simple story um, that is uh, about uh, Spider-Man um, who gets contacted by Black Panther because Dr. Octopus is invaded Wakanda and is stealing Vibranium to make his legs stronger and Octobots stronger. Great. Um, and um, Black Panther in this series looks just like a toy, which is Great. kind of fun, kind of, kind of cute. They all do, actually. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just like this fun kind of team up between Black Panther, Okoye, and... Um, and Spider-Man um, against Dr. Octopus. And, uh, yeah, it's it's sweet. I don't know who did the art. It just says McCann and Brazuela. doesn't say anywhere within the book who, it, who they actually are. Cute, though. It's, it's surprisingly difficult to find kid-friendly superhero comics, so it's always good to know if there's, like, a good one, especially Marvel. Marvel are not as good as DC. <laughs> Well, they they do a lot of titles. well, they do they actually put out more than DC do, but they just they tie they just into the animated works. ones, right? So they've got their Guardians one and Avengers Assemble book, and yeah, maybe another one too. Um, yeah, I, I haven't read many of those, yeah. but uh, I, I would recommend this if you're looking for a, a really fun one and done uh, story to give a, a kid who loves Spider Man for sure. Get this next month we get, um, the Spider Doctor, which is Doctor Strange, um, and uh, Spider Man uh, team up. I was oh. going to pass the art. Check out how good the, the the versions of the characters are. Yeah, that's super cute. Really good art. Extra cute. Yeah. Great. So, look, I recommend, uh, yeah, especially if you have, I mean, pretty much only if you have a child yeah. that you want to introduce to comics, uh, Superhero Adventures number one. And uh, don't get the friendly go- Casper the Friendly Ghost and Wendy the Good Little Witch, the uh, American mythology number one that came out this week, because it's just a really, really badly produced comic that I don't think looks nice. good and has been printed well or anything like that. So, don't avoid that one. Nice. It's Superhero Adventures instead. Those are all the number ones that we read last week, and now we play a very fun game called Roll the... How many sided die? Three. Three-sided die for Marvel, Image, or DC. Um, thank you so much to Brad for supplying us with this very, very cool uh, toy mm-hmm. that helps us decide what we're going to review next. If I roll a one, it's uh, Image. If I roll a two, it's DC. And if I roll a three, it's Marvel. And first it's Marvel. I think it always lands on Marvel first. So we're going to do Marvel, then DC, then Image. Great. 
kick off with Marvel, who this is surprising, very rarely happens. I read more DC books than Marvel this mm. week. Yeah, well, it was a big, it was a big DC week. Yeah, they put out a thousand issues. <laughs> <laughs> it really felt like that, though, friends. Uh, oh boy. Um, so, what should we start with here? Um, uh, what about in- yeah, cool Infinity, Infinity Countdown, Countdown number two, uh, written by Jerry Duggan, with up by Aaron Kuda and Mike Hawthorne. Colors or oh, ink, sorry, by um, but with but with, sorry, inker Terry Pallet joining there, and colors by Jordi Belair. This is the massive kind of cosmic Marvel event book at the moment, mm-hmm. which sees um, all the Guardians teaming up with Nova and stuff like that in this big scramble to get all the Infinity Stones before other bad people like Ultron, for example, get mm-hmm. them too. Mm-hmm. Um, Hank Pym Ultron. Yeah. Well, that's just what Ultron is now. Yeah, I know. Live I just, with it. I just thought I wanted to remind everyone that that was a thing. Yeah. Because um, that that happened in the one of those weird straight-to-graphic novel books that Marvel put out. They put out like two in one year. One was written by Warren Ellis. The other one was written by Rick Remender. Oh, okay. And yeah, in... in uh, in the Rick Remender one was when Ultron and Hank Pym got fused together. Right. Well, maybe, no, you know what happened? They think they die at the end of that and then it turns out, no, actually, they got fused together. It's one of the worst decisions, <laughs> I think, in it's recent not great. Marvel history. But I ho- hopefully the Mark Wade Ant-Man book will lead to them re-separating them or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah? I mean, how, how permanent could this be? You had, they, it, it, they had, Just kill Hank Pym. Let him die. <laughs> yeah, Let him true. die. That's true. Let him just be in everyone's memory as a forever bad guy. <laughs> Stop dragging him through this. Um, I thought this issue was all right, though. This is great fun. Um, you have uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Basically, there is uh, an enormous Infinity Stone, which is like the size of Uluru on a planet somewhere. Big, uh, throbbing pink Uluru. Nice. Um, and um, it's being guarded by Drax and a pregnant Nova Corps officer yeah. um, who actually gives birth in this issue and yep. uh, it features one of the worst drawn babies I've ever seen in a comic book. Yeah, that's that's a pretty. It's, it's a pretty fifty-year-old man baby. Although a lot of babies, when they're born, do look do like old men. Like You're right. Old men. You're right, especially in space. Especially in space. Well, you had your baby. I did have my baby. Did you just go and get a coffee and not offer me one, Wayne? Oh. Wayne's. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to get you a coffee. Oh, wow. I'm so sorry. Wow. Sorry. Sorry for that. <laughs> I can't believe I actually forgot to do that though. Uh, I'm very tired, friends. I'm very tired, friends. Anyway, sorry. That was, uh, good. That was a good little um, interlude. <laughs> how many how many coffees would you not buy Infinity Countdown? <laughs> I would not buy Infinity Countdown. Two coffees. It was fine. Oh, Adam Warlock was cool. I think this is really fun. This is like a good cosmic yeah. event, doing lots of good, good fun, cosmic things. I'm it's looking- very Guardians heavy. Totally. Well, I mean, it is. It's become. It's what that their book oh, yeah. stops to become this. Yeah. But I, yeah, the Warlock parts, especially Mike Hawthorne draws the Warlock parts. He's he's Adam Warlock's awesome. Yeah, really cool. Super. Cool. Eyes very all red. Um, Absolutely. I think he did, he did the right redesign, so that makes sense. But yeah, Warlock versus uh, Ultron at the end of this issue. Um, it's fun. It's really really fun. This isn't even like the main event. They 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 keep coming going towards Infinity stuff. Yeah. Well, whatever. It's fine. I'm yeah, enjoying it. Yeah, it's fine. Cover's cool. Cover's real fun. Nick Bradshaw. Um, so the other kind of event that Marvel is doing at the moment is this weekly Avengers book called Avengers No Surrender. Tell and me what's going on. We had the penultimate issue this week. Great um, In which everything is solved. Um, and uh, it, it was just like, you know, like very corny Avengers don't do it for to be remembered um, because Ugh. like, uh, you know, a, a, forgotten ex, a forgotten Avenger kind of bets his the memory of himself um, against the Grandmaster in, um, to, to try and save the world. Um, and uh, 
that's that's the kind of like the clincher of like how they how they turn the turn the tables. Mm. It's it's actually done quite well. And even though it's schmaltzy, where it's like you know, an Avenger doesn't do things to be remembered. An Avenger does things to to help mm. to to help you help the world. Like I thought overall, it was done quite well with enough you know with the. Just enough poignancy that you would expect from a from an mm. Avengers book. Um, I, I, overall, I, I really enjoyed this event. Um, there's one more kind of like wrap up issue that's going to deal with what what's going to happen with all the Avengers books in the future. I guess setting up the Jason Aaron run and what Al Ewing is doing next with the Hulk and maybe what Wade's doing elsewhere. Um, I was into this. I thought this was fun. I would actually recommend you know when this is all collected or you know however you read longer runs um i would recommend picking this up and 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 burning through it in an afternoon it's 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 really fun it had tons of marvel characters in it and uh yeah i enjoyed it so well done to wade ewing and zub and um on this one we had uh, popularize and oliver curiel on art too um, i'm just genuinely excited for jason aaron's run to start oh it's so soon i'm most excited i've been about an avengers book in, yeah since hickman but this was great. This is like the final kind of final farewell to Al Ewing's Avengers book. So US Avengers mm. and New Avengers and Ultimates even kind of have mm-hmm, little mm-hmm. moments in this. So yeah, I, I, it was cool. That's cool. Highly rec- I, somewhat recommend. Somewhat recommend. Yeah, I would buy. I would not buy three copies for this <laughs> this issue. Um, let's move to Black Panther 172, which marks the final point of year two of Ta-Nehisi Coates' Black Panther run, which ends much in the same way that the first year ended with uh, Black Panther and Storm hooking up. Which is the way I would like all books to end. Yes, please. Thank yeah, you. just suddenly cut to Storm yeah. and Black Panther <laughs> making out. If Action Comics 1000 had ended, <laughs> that would have been a much better book. Um, oh, spoilers for our <laughs> review of Action Comics 1000. Uh, so yeah, Black Panther 172 had um, art uh, by Leonard Kirk. Um, and um, colors by Mark, De- sorry, inks by Mark Deering, Walden Wong, and colors by Laura Martin and Matt Miller. Um, all of that creative team, artist team, are leaving the book, and we get uh, starting with the new, the next issue, which is a new new number one. Um, we have Daniel Acuna, which is so great. I'm I think so excited. He did something in the um, the annual that um that came out recently. Mm. Think, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. He yes he did. Yes he did. That was that, that was amazing art in that. So I, I think a, a great great fit for the character. Absolutely, and it's going to be this cool future Wakanda. I'm so down. Yeah, definitely. I'm so excited. Um, as an issue and as a kind of general arc, this is much more action focused than um, the first year of Coates's Black Panther run. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though I was quite critical of it at the time, looking back with my rose tinted glasses, mm. I think I quite enjoyed. I certainly where it ended up um, the first year a bit more than this one. Yeah, I think that this like year two has been fun, but it's a bit more of a just general generic superhero book. Whereas I think with the first year he had more that he was saying and it was a bit different and it wasn't just like every other sort of action based book on the shelves. Um, so this was still good fun, but I'm I'm excited to see what he does next. <laughs> I did like that all of these issues took like a third of the time to read than the, all the issues in the first year did. Nah, no way. I love <laughs> the dense political um, But hopefully we get yeah a, a mix of both year one and two for the third year. I think would Absolutely. be good. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, well done, Coates, doing a great job on this. Uh, you know, one of one of Marvel's best selling books. Absolutely. Still, and, I'm um, so excited to see him on Captain America as well. Oh my goodness, real good. Um, so at your recommendation, Siobhan, I've started reading the Amazing Spider Man again. Yeah. Um, I just I just jumped back into the, into part three of the arc, Go Down Swinging, in which. Um, uh, Norman Osborn has become Carnage. Yeah, Carnage um, Goblin. Carnage Goblin and uh, Gobby Carnage. <laughs> Gobby awful, Carnage. Awful. That's the name of the episode. And <laughs> it's awful. all your I'm fault. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I like this though. Yeah, me too. Like, it 
you really want Stuart Eminem to do Spider-Man books just forever. He's so great at that sort of really dynamic action and everything's so like bright and horrible in places. Um, but I really like this. I like all this all the sort of spider team getting together to take down this bigger than average villain. Yeah, totally. It's and it's yeah, there's a lot of weight to it. It it, it it involves a lot of a lot of characters from Spidey's past. Yeah. Which I think Slot is probably very good at. Like yeah. um he he's always been good at celebrating everything that's come before it in kind of new and fun ways. Um and yeah, we're, we're one issue away from the 800th issue of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to be here just before it to, yeah. to see the lead up to it. But uh, even if someone that has not read the last 40 or whatever issues of Spider-Man, I wasn't that lost. It was like, lots of pretty good storyteller when it comes to kind of... I think like Spider-Man, more than all the other Marvel books, so it was always like, oh shit, this might be someone's first book. Quick, like yeah. a bit of exposition in those first pages, but it never feels too tiring. No, um, absolutely. And um, I, I like the um, the character arc for so many of these people that um slots really made good use of in his run like um harry harry osborne and his whole family and flash thompson we get good stuff from in this and um jj jameson yep. i hope he gets a sort of cool redemption arc in the next issue definitely yeah, that's neat oh no <coughs> bless you um but uh one funny moment is uh when harry's kids get stolen yeah and like someone else that they're friends with gets their kids stolen too. And they're like, our kids got stolen. Mine too. And it's just like, what? you're not even upset. <laughs> yeah, it's a slightly confusing um, vibe here. But I really liked it. Yeah. And um, I guess the uh, we've got a mini gobby carnage. Yeah. Coming, coming uh, for issue 800. It's good. High stakes. Horrifying yeah. conclusion. I, I like the idea of Norman Osborn getting like going like I've 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 tried to make you a goblin so many times, Harry. You're dead to me. Yeah, I'm on taking your son. Yeah. Also, why would you name your son Norman, Harry? You're just asking for trouble. Normie. Good lord. Normie. Normie. Yeah, I mean, you've guaranteed <laughs> that he's going to be a fucking weirdo. But yep. Um, uh, final book I read from Marvel this week Great. was Daredevil, issue 601, written by Charles Soule with art by Mike Henderson and Matt Miller on color. Uh, best art this series has had in a while. I really, really enjoyed Mike Henderson's artwork in this. Some fun, fun dark uh, stuff. Basically, um, uh, Matt Murdock is now the mayor of New York. Okay. <laughs> and it's really, really, it's really, really silly, but it's the return of extremely cocky Matt Murdock. Okay, that's fun. That's my favorite kind of Matt Murdock. I yeah. hate wallowing in pity, Matt Murdock. Yeah. And in this one, he basically like uh, comes comes into into the into the office and with all all guns blazing, basically, or Great. whatever his sticks are called, blazing. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> it's just it's it's really really um, it's amusing. It's funny. I, I like it when Daredevil has a sense of humor about it. Absolutely. And I think uh, Charles Soule is like uh, funnier than a lot of the time his books allow him to be. Like his yes. She-Hulk run was really funny. Yeah, totally. But his Daredevil book has not been at all. No. Um, and I, it's good to just see this be a lighter book and fun. Yeah, cool. Because it's been, it's been like almost like a borderline kind of horror book with yeah. some of like you know the characters getting their eyes poked out and shit. I think it's easy for Daredevil to just shift into like really boring, dark, mopey. Yeah. Zone. Totally. Because of Frank Miller. <laughs> I blame. Um, but uh, yeah, this is a this is a fun issue. Cool. I read two more Marvel comics. I read um, Tales of Suspense featuring Hawkeye and the Winter Soldier. Oh, wow. Issue 104, part five of five. I thought we agreed to tap out of this after yeah, the Yeah, I don't know why I still read it. Um, written by Matthew Rosenberg. We had an agreement. We made a blood pact. <laughs> I got a scar on my hand, but nothing. <laughs> um, with art by Travel Foreman and colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. And this is like the weird um, team up of 
Black Widow's exes trying to hunt her down. And now she's like come back as like a clone lady and she remembers everything. But there's all these Black Widow clones running around so she kills a bunch of them. And it's like not me though. I'm the good clone. Everyone save me. And now anyway it was fine. Wait so we have. Is there a clone Black Widow now? Yeah so Black Widow's just back. But as a clone? That's so stupid. Yeah, but she has all of her memories and stuff, so it's no, like, ma- she's just back, guys. Don't question it. She's just back. They should have. They could have just been like, no, I f- I'm a s- super spy. I faked my death. Yeah, that would have been cooler. Yeah. That would have been cooler. I, but knew, I, I, I got so sick of having to fight all the Avengers battles for them. And yeah. now I've, I, I just I've been on it. a tropical island for three months. Yeah. Now I'm back with a tan. <laughs> um, yeah, this was like... I think I expect too much from Matt Rosenberg, and I think this was boring, and I think this was like the most dodgy I've ever seen travel foreman's art, or at least the most like inconsistent. Right. Um, like panel to panel. And I don't really think it's worth anyone's time. Speaking of not being worth your time, <laughs> I also read X-Men Gold, issue 26, Till Death Do Us Part, part one, written by Mark Guggenheim with art by Michelle Bandini. Um, colors by Arif Prianto. And I picked this up because it has the Kitty Colossus Will you marry me on the cover? And I've only not read like two issues of this, I think. I think it's even less. I think it's yeah. like, I think, I think I've only missed like yeah, yeah. one issue. And it's already like the whole story is like they've all, Colossus has already proposed. They're already engaged. And they're like, oh, we're really dragging our feet with this wedding. Like, are we getting cold feet? That's the whole character, like, that's the whole story arc. And it's just, bizarre how quickly that happened and we're all supposed to pretend like it's been ages and it's weird and it's not very good and there's awkward stuff with like anti-mutant blah 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 (laughs) blah 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 and then they like go out for a boys night for the bucks night with nightcrawler and gambit and it's just not to hijinks ensue no someone like attacks glasses in the bathroom but he's like it's I'm con- I have nanites. I'm made of nanites. You can't fight me. Anyway, it's fairly dull. They took the fun out of it. They took the fun out of it. And um I just they've just they've just happened this has happened so quickly. It's so it smacks of like just trying to compete with the um the Batman Catwoman wedding, which yeah, has been like like almost a year in the making, so this is just like really rushed and shitty. Yeah, and also, like... And also, we all know Colossus is gay. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Right. Unlike Batman. Closeted. Yeah. <laughs> Look, all of these closeted gay icons, just <laughs> let them be free and be together finally. Anyway, don't worry. Don't give, bother reading it. Give us the Colossus Batman wedding we deserve, yes! Marvel DC. Put your differences away to yep. the side. Put your Unite. differences in the closet and let the boys out. <laughs> Um, so those are our Marvel reviews. Now we've got some DC books to talk about. We may as well start at the at the, at the most crazy, the, the, at the highest number. How about that? I'm yeah. like trying to think of a nice yeah. thing to say about this book. It had it the is, it had the highest number on it out of all the books. It's the first superhero comic to reach a thousand issues if you ignore the Phantom, which we all do <laughs> <laughs> every single day. Uh, Action Comics one thousand, the eighty page giant, which DC threw at us last week. Yes. Um, oh, and I just want to quickly say thank you to everyone who came to the Nicholas Scott signing that we had at King's Comics. It was lovely. I got to talk to some nice boys who came in to say hello. All right. You love hello. nice boys. <laughs> I can't remember. It was Jaden or Jared. 
but hello. Jorel. Jorel. Thanks, Jorel, for coming down. And Mateo, nice to talk to you boys. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, signing was fun. Yep. This how issue, m- less so. How many uh, issues did uh, Nicola sign? A thousand? No. We wish. <laughs> Some. A couple of hundred, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Maybe come back next week until you do a thousand. Yeah. God, Nicola. I mean, she Superman will be can do it. She will be back for Free Comic Book Day. Well, now, we I, now I know what I'm going to ask her to do. <laughs> Sign a thousand issues, yep. please. <laughs> or I walk. Just ruin the day for everyone else. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Action Comics 1000 is a um, uh, little collection of Superman stories, short mm-hmm. Superman stories by uh, some of... DC's top talent, including um, Dan Jurgens, who's been doing the Action Comics run for the last 40-ish issues. Um, we've got writing by Scott Snyder, Tom King, Peter Tomasi, um, Louise Simonson, Paul Dini, Marv Wolfman, one Brad woman. Meltzer. Only one woman. Only one woman. Jeff Johns, Richard Donner, and then art by Olivia Coipel, uh, John Cassidy, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Um, Kevin Nolan, Kurt Swan, Butch Geis, Kurt Schaffenberger, Danny no Mickey, women. John Romita no Jr., women. Jerry Ordway, Clay Mann, Patrick Gleason, Norm Rapmund, and Raphael Albuquerque. All those <sighs> iconic classic Superman artists. Letters by. No, <laughs> Um, yeah, so this is like a, a, a really strange collection of stories that, yeah. like, w- we've read specials recently that weren't necessarily only about Superman that contained better Superman stories. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just think that, like, there were a few that I enjoyed. I really enjoyed, um, well, I don't know if it's really enjoyed or just comparatively enjoyed, but I quite liked the Brad Meltzer and John Cassidy um, short story about you know, you know the old line that that Superman is faster than a speeding bullet, and it was mm-hmm. him was kind of like the maths of how you are faster than a mm. speeding bullet. And when when he sees the, the the criminal's trigger finger go, and how much time he has to reach before, um, you know, the bullet mm-hmm. hits the, the the woman that he's t- aiming it at. I I, I I I thought that was probably the best story in this for me. It's probably uh, the best for me because I love John Cassidy. Yeah, well, there, there was some there was some great art. art in this. There's also some not great art too. But yes. let's let's just focus on the great. Um, uh, Tom King did a story in which um, Earth is like like in, on fire at the end of Earth, and Superman says farewell to Earth one last time. Like once you get over, come on, Tom King. Yeah. It, at the heart of it, there is a good, there was a good story or a good little like you know tale with nice Superman moments within it. But also a world in which he and Lois and um, John are all like immortal. Yeah, I like that. I didn't. <laughs> that's that's kind of cool that he. Ooh. <laughs> Maybe it's like robots. Um, Scott Snyder did a really bad Lex Luthor story. I don't even. I like. I genuinely can't even remember any of these stories. What was the Lex Luthor one? He'd like stolen something that can that can possibly kill Superman, but mm. convinces Superman that that's not why he's gonna. He's trying to convince Superman that that's not why he stole those things. It's just. I feel like I'm. I'm disappointed by this book because it was such an opportunity to really focus on the things that make Superman great. And I don't feel like any of that was exhibited in I, this. You book. know, the the probably my f- the, the best story, like as as objectively as I can say, I can mm. tell it is probably the um the uh, Tomasi and Gleason mm. one, which is like kind of like jumping through um you know almost like decade by decade as a. Uh, 
um, of Superman's history, but they tie it into like Vandal Savage appears and like sends him back through time and he yeah. sees all these different versions of himself and remembers and like basically like different, depending on the era that he's visiting, his powers that it's different. Mm. I mean, mostly it was just a showcase for how fucking good Gleason can be. Um, cause it's just, it's just doing full pages. Yeah. Um, no, no panels, just, just full pages. And, um, you know, all it is is about the, well, you know, why Superman fights and what's important to him. And I thought it was not that schmaltzy. It, yeah. it, it, it did a pretty good job Relatively. of balancing it both. But the narration was pretty irritating. I thought. I thought it was fine. Mm. I, mm. Yeah. Also, where, where was the Lois story? No Lois Lane. It was also Lois Lane's 80th anniversary. Guys. It's not like she's a massively important character or anything. Um, yeah, the, uh, the 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 main paid comic in this, the, like the, the opener, is like yeah. Metropolis kind of throwing a Superman day to say thank you, and yeah. Lois is like worked with the Justice League to make sure that all of the problems in the world can be taken care of by someone else. Yeah, and she keeps pretending that she's on the phone to Batman as if that's the thing that no, Superman no, no, on, on, on the phone hear. to Perry. Oh, whatever. He's pretending it's calling Batman Perry. I don't know. Anyway. Um, I think that this is... The art on really, that story was terrible. Yeah. I think this is like an amazing example of why um, they need to shift and change up the editorial staff at the um, Superman offices specifically. I understand they've gotten rid of Eddie Berganza and that's like a great start. But just having such a sort of dull yeah. celebration of Superman, I think that there have been some amazing Superman stories over the past couple of decades and you could have had any one of those people involved and it would have been a much more exciting book. But having it be so generic DC house style, I think, was a bad call. I also don't think an anthology of short stories is always the right call to make and it's yes. what they do so often. I think how much better would it have been if you gave a creator that hadn't done a Superman story to, to do or like, you know, or hasn't done one in a while or yeah. isn't currently to just do like a longer. I would rather have had a full issue of the Bendis story. <laughs> By the way, guys, oh, Bendis fuck. came. Bendis came, everybody. Bendis came all over issue 1000 of Action, Action Comics. Horrible. Um, what a horrible image. Yeah. Um, especially because he's like, he lost a bunch of weight, <laughs> which I should be like, hey, good on you, but yeah. he just doesn't look right. <laughs> Um, but his story, man, is fucking shocking. It's just like, what? What's the bad guy again? What's his deal? He's like, it's like Jim Lee farted out a bunch of him. And, and, and <laughs> yeah. so yeah, the, the final comic in this is called "The Truth," written by Brian Michael Bendis with pencils by Jim Lee, and um, only only right. one inker helping out Jim Lee meet his <laughs> deadlines, which is pretty pretty unique. But like, just fighting the most generic '90s monster character. It even looks like um. What's his face? The one that killed Doomsday. Superman. Doomsday. Yeah, he's kind of Doomsday-ish, but like, if, what if Doomsday was like a king? Yeah. <laughs> um, what if Doomsday wore pants? But also, Doomsday Bendis in his in his first story, Bendis makes like gives a reason that um, Superman's going to start wearing his trunks over his pants again because someone puts his pants back on or something like that, and they and they talk about it in like a meta way. Yeah. 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 Cringe, cringy stuff. Um, mostly, I, did, I I just hated the art on that story more yeah. than anything. I hated the character design of this guy who it's basically revealed that he destroyed Krypton, mm. and now he's coming for for Superman to end the Krypton Kryptonite Kryptonian bloodline once and for all. Yes, but he is good. the most base level shitty. Like it looks like rewriting history, classic Bendis. But, but no, I mean just like yeah, yeah, that's very Bendis. But I just mean the actual character design. Oh yeah, it's bad. Yeah. It's not good. I just... Uh, I get it. I get that Bendis is a big get for DC, although 
I don't really get that. Um, but I just, I wish, I wish they would give a Superman book to some younger talent. Just get some, get some fresh eyes on the book. Everyone, yeah, change yeah. it up a little bit. Do something different. Do something new. I mean, Tomasi was that, like you know, not that he's particularly young. Ten years ago. But yeah, I mean, I bet when when he came, like that was a very fresh, fun, sweet new take on Superman on, on the Superman arc. But it kind of, you know, it wasn't all, it wasn't great until the end. But for those first twenty five or so issues were awesome. Just give it to a woman, just for once. Yeah. Just let a woman write Superman. Totally. Just see what happens. Or at least something make, good might happen. You know, you have a Superman book. Make Action Comics a Lois book. Yes. Make, give, just give Lois Lane a comic book. God. Don't let Bendis write it. Don't. Or even let Bendis write it. I was kind of hoping that he would be writing a Lois Lane book because, like, if he did a sort of Jessica Jonesy style Lois Lane, at least that'd be something a little bit different. With her, like, yeah, trying to, like, crack the case. Yeah. Being drunk, being a bad mum, <laughs> putting her husband in jail. Sounds great. Yeah. Well, Jurgens did a pretty good job of kind of, like, sending Superman one place and having John and Lois do an adventure somewhere else. Mm. Um, but it would be good to have. A, you know, more lowest centric Superman book, and yeah. Yeah, totally awful new talent coming yes, on board. Please. Superman train. Ah well, he's, still by the Nicholas Scott cover. Uh, everyone. He's had a thousand <laughs> issues of not being written by a woman. Why not yeah. just a few of what being written by a woman? Just one, just one, <laughs> just one issue. Let's keep things Superman for a while because we've got quite a few super books this week. Um, issue forty-five of Superman, the finale of uh, Patrick Gleason and Peter uh, Tomasi's run, uh, came out this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the Kent's farewell to Hamilton, which mm-hmm. I thought happened 20 issues ago yeah, when same. they moved to Metropolis. But I guess they kept this house as like a holiday house. Yeah. So in this one, they just sold their holiday house. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's an emotional time for everyone. Um, and um, it was a, you know, it was a pretty sweet uh, farewell to a lot of things that were introduced in, in, in this run, namely yeah. just Hamilton County and the country life mm-hmm. um, had lots of uh, kind of callbacks to things that had happened. Uh, throughout the run, including them returning to the f- country fair that they were at in like issue seven or eight, mm-hmm. which is like just a brilliant one shot. I was hoping this would reach the great heights of that issue, but while it certainly didn't come close, it was still pretty enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I particularly liked that Lois um, brought their like, you know, uh, middle America letterbox with the American flag that mm-hmm. says Kent's on it to their um, trendy metropolis apartment and mm-hmm. put it on the shelf with the photos. That was sweet. Cute. Well, I want to. I want uh, a, a story about what Lois and Clark do with the money they made off selling their Hamilton County country house. Mm. What are they going to do with it? A little little bonus. They going to put it towards John's education. Let's hope so. Okay. Well, that's a pretty boring comic. Make some smart investments. Okay. Just all right. Like a, a <laughs> banking a banking comic. That's still more interesting than them going on going on the road and looking at a bunch of war memorials. So I'll I'll, I'll take the banking comic. Did you, yeah. God, that was a dull issue. Did you hear about that? Two comic? issues. Yeah. That was like um someone illustrated the entire iTunes um like uh, terms and conditions. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's really long. It's really long. Fuck. Yeah. It's supposed to be really good. Really okay. good comic. I'll check yeah. it out. We'll review it one day. Yeah. The longest episode of this ever. Um, Super Sons issue 15 came out this week, also written by Peter Tomasi, with um, art by someone Barbieri. Frank. Frank Barbieri. Oh, is that real? Did I really guess that name? No. What the hell? It says... Oh, no. It's Carlo. Carlo Barbieri. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I and like, art, wow. I'm amazing. Art Thibbert. You are, but for other reasons. Thank you. Uh, Photo Bunker on Colors. That's an amazing name. Good Photo name. Bunker. Got to assume that's real, right? Imagine like... Going like, fuck, there's a tornado coming, quick. <laughs> uh, to the bunker. And then it's just a guy who can colour in comics. Yeah. 
I don't know what to do. Yeah, I'm fucked. <laughs> uh, so this is the return of Kid Amazo. Remember? Remember Kid Amazo, everyone? It's Amazo. From but the a kid. first or well, second uh, arc of Super Sons. Uh, he returns, and um, it's actually the Kid Amazo suit gone sentient mm. who's come to take down Damien and, uh, and John, um, and also the Justice League. And he succeeded in taking down the Justice League. So now it's just Robin and Cyborg to the rescue, I guess. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. It was a pretty enjoyable issue. Yeah. How many more issues has this got left? Probably like one or something, I guess. Mm. Well, this is pretty fun. I guess a fun one. Them saving the Justice League is a pretty fun arc to end on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, enough about Superman. I don't care. He's old. You know who else is old? Batman. Let's talk about Batman. Uh, we got Batman, The Creature of the Night, book three, written by Kurt Busiek with uh, John Paul Leon on art duties. This is the, um, I guess, quarterly mm-hmm. um, four-issue uh, miniseries um, that's a spiritual sequel to the very great Superman's secret identity mm-hmm. um, in which a boy who is named Clark Kent starts manifesting the powers of Superman. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this one, um, a boy whose name is Bruce Wainwright, um, whose parents are killed in a robbery gone wrong, um, start, you know, he, he's always wanted to be Batman and he starts manifesting a literal man, a, like a... a a Batman like kind a of monster um, who fights crime and and helps. I guess, yeah, it, it, it's, it's complicated to explain, but mm. I should have left it at manifesting a monster. They're basically like, you know, he's either a monster or someone that's fighting crime, which is the way some people view Batman in the, in the DCU. Absolutely. Um, this book, it's, it's so much about like this character, Bruce Wainwright's kind of personal journey that like if it's revealed that the, the Batman monster doesn't really even exist at the end, which it totally won't, I would mm. like you know I I would still it would still be a really rich story. Absolutely, because he has he has his own Alfred and he has his own Robin and he has his own Commissioner Gordon, but mm-hmm. they're all drastically different to the way they're portrayed in the comics. They're not even their real names, um, or like they are like it's like you know it's Gordon Commissioner Gordon something or mm. like you know just weird little things like that, but. Uh, I really enjoyed just the kind of like, it's a mystery book. Absolutely. And I, I think... Uh, it's like kind of a... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Psychological thriller more than anything else. Yeah, totally. And it explores 
it's, it does a better job of exploring, you know, what makes Batman tick than, you know, Tom King's run of Batman because it has the freedom of not being like, you know, a Batman book. Absolutely. And it can kind of be outside of Batman as a character and kind of um, analyze him like that. And it's also, I forgot what I was going to say, continue. Yeah, well, I mean, let's, yeah, you, you get books like this, which we love so much, but it's also probably selling like a third of what the regular Batman book is. Yeah. Unfortunately. But these are the kind of books that will live on forever in trade. Absolutely. This is something that I'm sure will become a total classic um, John, um, once it's collected. John Paul Leon's art is, is just Incredible. fantastic. And I got we should give a shout out to whoever does the, uh, the design and layout of the, I guess, Todd Klein. Is the letterer. I'm not sure how much um, he does, him working with John Paul Leon, but the lettering in this is excellent. Absolutely. Really, really great layout of text and um, and just working so well. So it really feels like you're reading like a mystery novel that's a comic as well. Absolutely. I love this book. It's great. It's really, really good. Got one more book, uh, one, more, one more issue of this left and there's a kind of, there's a lot, a lot of things that I want answered. Yeah, and, absolutely. And even if I don't get answers to any of them, I'll probably still be satisfied because it's been such a good, good story. Yeah. Um, we got issue 45 of Tom King's Batman run this week. This one um, was written by, yeah, of course, Tom King uh, with art by Tony Daniel. And uh, this was the wackiest issue that King has delivered yet. Yeah, um, wacky in a like, it starts with Green Lantern shooting himself in the head with his <laughs> ring. But then That's it's, pretty wacky, right, yeah, guys? But it's like an ult- alternate. Hi, Jinx. It's an alternate reality. Right, it's a different, different. It's a different DCU somewhere in the multiverse, um, in which, uh, like, well, it's a, it's a alternate timeline made by a Booster Gold fuck up. Classic. Um, And uh, so Booster is trying to give a a wedding gift to Bruce Wayne, and the the gift that his parents never died. Yeah, how could that go wrong? But I, 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 so did you hate this? Yes. Oh goddamn it! Why? (laughs) Because Tom King's not funny and he can't write a funny Booster Gold. Okay, I, I really like this a lot. Yeah, even I read it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I like just like Booster Gold just being a huge fuck up. Like, and that that worked for me a lot. Yeah. I, yes, I guess I just didn't find. I think we need to bench you. On it was this kind book. of. <laughs> mm-hmm. It had like an Ennis vibe. You know what I mean? It reminded me like of the boys, where it's like Jason Todd makes a line of tires that if you steal them they k- tase you to death hilarious it's hilarious and i just i, I don't know i just, like the joke about like cutting the cheese it strikes me as like a teenage boy's idea of something really extreme and controversial you right. know what i mean sure. i don't think the jokes hit I, there's like there's stuff that i don't mind and the social commentary i think is a little bit on the nose of like you know, anyway. Social commentary? I thought it was a little bit like um, the the ghouls run sort of Eurasia and all this, like that shit with Duke and stuff. I, it's, it's a shit timeline. It's no good. It's not meant to be good here. I know, but it's just... And we're getting like, we're only getting like two, if this is like a whole new world that we're getting like a, a mini series out of, I, I get that. But it's like, I, I guess, yeah. I, it, yeah, it just all struck me as very like extreme shock value for the sake of it yeah, not for like Booster fucked up Siobhan but Booster really fucked up everyone <laughs> I liked it I, I, I guess like it all, even all of his jokes not landing until the, the him being the kind of biggest joke of all like in just completely like that, the joke is that he fucked up right yeah it's a good joke I thought it was funny I like this funny. issue <laughs> it was yeah I'm 
I'm clearly just a hater. And I think it's just another thing where it's just not for me, friends. <laughs> I just don't like Tom King's tone. Right. So, uh, like his vibe. Mr. Miracle issue eight. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. Did I read that or did I forget? I forgot to read that. Nice job, me. Because I picked it up and I was like, I'm going to read this. And then I was like, I don't want to read this before bed because it will bum me out. And then I forgot to read it. Well, I totally, this was like a, on the happier side of uh, Mr. Miracle, of course, written by Tom King with art by Mitch Garrods. Um, and uh, it's issue eight of 12. So we've only got four issues left after this one. Um, so Mr. Miracle and Big Barter have had a baby. And this one matched like every. Every second page was, or second, you know, basically every, for every page of um, Mr. Miracle and uh, the, um, what's the funky guy who's the babysitter? Oh, I don't know. Like Jumpy, Jumpin' Jack, the funky guy. I don't know. They call him funky. I don't know. But, but so he's, basically Mr. Miracle is like training him to become the babysitter. Okay. Um, and like trying to raise their baby. And like there, there were lots of, you know, like just kind of like mundane what it's like to be trying to make a kid go to sleep and mm-hmm. um so lots of like you you had like pages one page of that and then on the next page you have mr miracle um as the the high master or whatever it is the mm-hmm. the leader of the high father the high father that's right um basically just like at war tr- like tearing through alien enemies and stuff like that while on on the phone to big barter who's like recounting her day and what she's doing with the baby at the time. And, mm. um, you know, her problems with breastfeeding and mm. all that kind of thing. I really, really enjoyed this issue. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I can say you would have hated it. Probably. <laughs> I'm sure I could have found something to hate about it. Ah, just in a mood. Clearly guys, I haven't slept much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, it is. It is like historians can go back through the podcast and find the, the turning point yeah, where you suddenly. I did used to like Tom King. I liked Sheriff of Babylon. I liked um, the beginning. I liked the War of Jokes and Riddles. I liked quite a lot of his Batman stuff. And now I'm just like, nah. The Vision? You liked the Visions? Yeah, I yeah. really liked the Visions. I thought yeah. that was very, very good. The space very one? Different. That cool space one? Yes. With Kyle Rayner? I loved that. That was, was, that that was, that was grim as hell. Omega Man. That was Omega great. Man. It was grim, but it was like. There was there weren't characters. That, yeah, like look at Bendis now. He's yeah, like a, he's a spelt man. He came a lot. He came a lot. He came a kilos right off. Oh, awful. <laughs> he's got such a penisy head as well. <laughs> <laughs> just because he's bald. Just because he's true. bald, friends. Oh so, yeah. So you're not only you. Not, she's not just offending Bendis guys. Don't worry. <laughs> just all bald men. <laughs> you all look like willies. What can I say? <laughs> and penises, I guess. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was a, a really strong issue of Mr. Miracle this week. That's good. Um, issue 35 of Aquaman will be the last issue of Aquaman. I read, ah. I've just like, I know we're nearing the end of this arc, but it's just the art changed again. Uh-huh. So, you know, I, I loved, I loved the art that Shep, Shepan Sejic did um, a while ago. And then we had, an, once he left, we had another one who did quite painterly artwork, which I thought suited yeah. the mood, the royal, like kind of underwater royal family <laughs> vibe of, uh. Of, of this run, which is still written by Dan Abnett. And um, in theory, I should still like it because it's still written by Dan Abnett, but the art was like... It's almost as if art matters. Yeah. But was, this, this was very... It's crazy. But, but, but I just found that I found the writing really dull as well. Yeah. But but yeah, the artwork for me was just too much of a dramatic change back to like quite 90s-esque. Um, like Danny Mickey was one of the one of right. the, ink, one of the inkers. And so it's just, I just don't think it's the right match for this book and I, I just, I, I can't read any more of it. Fair enough. I'm just excited for Sejic to return for whatever Justice League book he's doing. Yay. It's going to be great. Real fun. 
Um, you read any of the DC books this week? Yeah. Did you read Justice League? Oh, fuck. I forgot. Yeah. I'll, I'll steal this one. Um, this was the final issue of... Um, oh, man. I really I really, really cooked it this yeah, week. Yeah, you really, you really fucked up, mate. Um, the it's almost by- like DC put out way too many books this week. Or something. Um, written by Priest. Art by Pete Woods. This is the final issue of um, Justice Lost. His just far, far too short run on Justice League. I think it is... You're all you're all bonkers if you didn't read this book, and you're bonkers for letting him slip through your fingers, DC. I hope that it means that we're going to get something else cool from Priest. Well, it definitely is, but it very just, soon it would have been great to see more him on Justice League for longer for sure. Um, but this was a really incredible arc, and I think he finished it off in a really nice, tidy way that was very satisfying. He used a lot of characters that he likes, so we've got, you know, really great Deathstroke in this issue. Um, I like that he's kind of like, the Justice League, you can't fix all these problems. You can't just swan into Africa and not understand the context of what you're walking into and think that you're going to save the day. This is a complicated issue. Um, and he also, he takes out the fans. So that kind of just solves the Justice League's problems for them really efficiently. Um, we get to see the hilarious lunch date between Superman and um, Green Lantern. What's his name? Simon? Simon yep. Baz? Yep. Where Simon just assumes that he's being fired from the league, so he doesn't even let Superman say anything. He just gets up and walks away. <laughs> um, and then... <laughs> Jessica, what's her face? The other Green Lantern goes to apologize to Bruce for smooching him, and Catwoman opens the door and is like, "Come on in and let's have a champagne." Bruce told me all about the kiss. Hilarious. <laughs> um, and it's just like I just think he really did a great job. He did a great job of getting. Um, he brought in Vixen to the team. He made it so that C- Cyborg really felt like a um, leader. Is it, really is gave it, him does a strong arc character. Arc end with him still as the leader of the Justice League. Yep. Great. Um, well, it kind of ends with the league kind of disbanding. Right. We're going to get like four league teams um, after that. But it's just, there was so much that was great about this from really small things. Like the, the cyborg redesign, I think is really strong. I think giving him like actual textured hair for the first time and maybe ever mm-hmm. is like an incredible move. And you're only going to get that kind of shit when you put diverse creators on a book like that. Yep. Um, and I'm just, I'm sad that we, I'm sad we haven't gotten to see more of his Justice League run, I think that he probably has some amazing ideas in that big old brain. Definitely. Um, so, I, anyway. I will steal this right now and read it on the way home. Yeah, good call. Everyone should check out that run. Damn it. Really, really, really should. Um, keep going with those DC books. you got a bunch of them. You yeah. read even more than me and I was complaining about how many I read. Yeah, I know. I had a, uh, I don't know why I read all these. Um, I also read Batman and Wonder Woman, The Brave and the Bold um, by Liam Sharp with, I think, Colors... All this Irish yeah, music in the Romulo background. Fiato Jr. You should just sing Bewitched. Hey, none. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey none. Ho. Um, so, this is issue three hey, of the six issue hey, series hey. about um, Batman and Wonder Woman helping, helping some fairies figure out a murder in an alternate or a sort of God university thing of Irish. Folklore. folklore heroes and stuff. I like it. Lemons doesn't. That's fair enough. Um, but so this is kind of like, again, another Batman and Wonder Woman being stuck in a place where time moves more slowly. So it's fine that they're there hanging out to solve a murder. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of Batman bringing his detective brain into this thoroughly non-detective um, logic-y place. Right. Um, it's quite... Uh, I think 
Liam Sharp has a really good voice for both Wonder Woman and Batman. I think he writes them both really well. I think the art's really gorgeous. That's it's fantastic, really yeah. different. The colours are really <coughs> moody. He draws like a really sort of handsome, um, pouty Batman, which I'm very on board with. <laughs> and I like this. I like this a lot. I think it's um, it's just nice nice to have something different. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can, I can pay that for sure. Um, so I'm definitely going to finish off that. And are like, the cores in it? Are they what now? The cores. Are the cores in it? Yeah, the cores are in it. Fantastic. Oh, l- <laughs> <laughs> yes, do it. Do it. I Tell this story. <laughs> no, it's nothing that exciting. I just loved the cores as a child. <laughs> anyway. I, think I, went to, I went to the cores school. I did do Irish dancing, though. Have I already said that? I can't remember. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I also read Batwoman, issue 14, Fall of the House of Cain, part two, written by Marguerite Bennett, um, with art by Fernando Blanco, colors by John Rauch, letters by Darren Bennett. Um, and this is the return of Alice, who is um, Kate Kane's twin sister, Good Elizabeth. Art. Good art. Great art. Really great art on this issue. Um, and this... I, I don't know if Marguerite Bennett is go- leaving the book or if it's just kind of tying up the first couple of arcs, but we're sort of finally seeing all of the stuff from Kate Kane's Forgotten Year um, pay off. Right. It's a pretty satisfying read and it's it's enjoyable and the art's really gorgeous. Um, so I'm, I'm going to keep reading this. Does it tie into what's happened in Detective Comics recently at all? Or with, with her? You know, this is the first issue that I've read in a little while, so I'm not 100% sure. Right. Um, but in this issue, not really. Fuck, that art is good. It's really good. And Alice has poisoned a bunch of bats and then loosed them into Gotham. Yeah. Good fun. I liked it. That's awesome. What do you, um, did you read? I read Injustice 2, issue number 24, written by Tom Taylor, um, with art by uh, Bruno Redondo and inks by Juan Albaran. Um, and this one uh, basically saw like what's left of uh, the heroes in this DC crazy alternate dark universe um, uh, take on Amazo, mm-hmm. um, it's people who's been made by Dr. Ivo um, for Rachel Ghoul, and uh, who's just basically laying waste to entire cities on Earth. He's currently mm-hmm. in Delhi, just killing everybody. Um, and uh, they unleash their secret weapon, which is Supergirl, who nobody knows exists. Oh. And has been trained by both Black Adam and the Amazons. That's pretty cool. I feel like you say this every time I talk about this I comic. Know. Um, it was a really, really fun issue. Just just good fun. Good mm. gags. Great use of Plastic Man. Plastic Man has a son as well. Great use of uh, Blue Beetle. Oh, which Blue Beetle? Um, Jamie, because uh, Ted's died dead in this in this universe too. Boo. You got to kill Ted. That's how it works. Everyone always kills Ted. Um, but yeah, great, great, great work from Tom Taylor on this great book. Real fun. Oh, you mean the Tom Taylor who will be at King's Comics for Free Comic Book Day? No, a different one. All right, okay. Uh, Cave Carson has an interstellar eye came out this week through DC's Young Animal imprint issue I didn't number get two. To this. Was it great? Yeah, it was really fun. Uh, issue two of this new run written by John Rivera and um, art by Michael Avon Weming and Mick Nick Filade with no um what's his name? The guy Gerard who, Way. No Gerard Way in sight. Um and that, that made the story not convoluted and not over the top, even though it's it's still extremely high concept, goofy sci-fi bullshit. It was really easy to follow. Basically, I can't even begin to describe the story yeah. to be honest. <laughs> but like, uh, there's just like great moments where like Cave Carson and his and his you know team will kind of travel to a different dimension, and everyone's like, oh my god, it's like you know this figure from their history. He's mm. come, he's come back to us. And Cave Carson assumes they've only heard of him because they listen to his podcast. <laughs> Like the, this book was never funny. It was like you know, like it was quirky, but yeah. it, it's actually genuinely funny now. Yeah, and I think uh, I've 
probably mentioned this a number of times, but I think one of the most underappreciated things about this book is the father-daughter relationship, which is one that you don't get to see that often. And I love their kind of... Um, like the friendship that they have, yeah. the slightly combative relationship that they have. Um, but there's a lot of like love and understanding. I think it's really lovely. Well, this was the best issue for that so far. Oh man. Really I'll good. I'll have to read it. Yep. Take it home. Nice. Uh, finally through DC, through Vertigo, we got Deathbed issue number three. This book has the most boobs and willies and lady parts of any book that there I've read. There was no boobs in this, in this issue. What? No, no, sorry. No, no, no willies. There is there a statue of a willy. Is there? I mean, is it a whole Does man, it count? Does it even count? I reckon. Does statue dongs count? Yes. Let us know. Serious issues at kingscomics.com. Um, although, how good would it be if we had a dong statue that we could dong whenever, <laughs> whenever, we, whenever it was dong watch time? Yeah, Ben, work on it. <laughs> um, ben? Uh, Brad, fuck. Oh, Brad. Brad. Oh, Brad the die maker. Yeah. <laughs> um, Deathbed, uh, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Riley Rosmo and Ivan Placencia, um, is about a... Uh, a Hunter S. Thompson kind of esque, larger than life, but also crossed with James Bond kind of figure. Yeah, he's like a pulp hero, pulp like hero, a Doc Savage type, who uh, has lived an insane life. But now, one by one, everyone that he met during his life is being killed, and he has assigned a, a writer to chronicle his amazing heroic life so he is not forgotten. Mm. Um, and uh, she's basically been plunged headfirst into this horrendous world that he's entirely responsible for because basically he fucks his way through the world and never returns for uh, the breakfast the next morning. What a dude. Is that a good analogy? Yeah. Um, this issue saw them, he basically he's inspired a race of cannibals. Yep. Because <laughs> he told them that you are what you eat. Um, and uh, it was fun and gory and Riley Rosmo just doing incredible, just incredible art. it. Yeah, so good. I, this is a really fun and silly series that I'm enjoying quite a Absolutely. lot. Absolutely. Really, really enjoyable. Great shit. Good on you, DC. Great shit. At least one good book in that stack. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, image this week. Um, it's all the return of Lazarus, um, written by Greg Rucker with returning artist after his uh, little art holiday, um, Michael Lark. They put out a mini series to give him a break from um, the, the stress of doing a month to month book. Um, and uh, this also had um, art from uh, Tyler Boss with Santi Arcus and Simon Boland on the book too. Um, and this basically fills in uh, similar to uh, Batwoman having a year off. This fills in the gaps of um, one of the members of one of the main families that control the world in Lazarus. Um, one of the, one of the son, like the son of, of the main family that we follow um, in Lazarus um, was basically kind of like ditched mm-hmm. and this uh, this shows where he's been um, and, and it looks like there's going to be a time jump of three years when we, until we see him again next cool um, and basically this 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 basically in the, in the world is this is a very fucked dystopian future in which all of the world has been divided up um, into different families mm-hmm. the wealthiest families in the world and uh, everyone below them either works for them or like lives outside of what's owned by the families mm-hmm. and they're rega- regarded as waste. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in this one we saw, got to see um, like the, uh, like the Nordic parts of the world and, and what it's like to live there as, um, as the son, son's body is found by a bunch of uh, Danish speaking um, fishermen. Lovely. Yeah. I fucking loved this issue. It was so good to have Lark back mm-hmm. on the art. I actually think his art has not looked this good since he since the book started. I, yeah, I think I've got to say that's the most gorgeous I think I've seen the book look. Um, yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with how good the colours are. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, this is a, it was a, it was great to have this book back. 
even though like you know we, we're still not seeing anything about forever the the Lazarus of Lazarus who's mm-hmm. like the kind of the family's fighter mm-hmm. who can't who, who's kind of immortal in a way um this still felt like a big return to like oh shit you know Lazarus is back mm. um really really great great book happy yeah, it's cool. back um a book that I'm really enjoying at the moment had its second second issue this week um and it is Infidel um through Image um it is written by uh fuck where's it written it's a it's a name that it's very easy to fuck up even if I read it directly. Um, Pornsak Pichichote. Pioche. Fuck it. Who who could possibly know? Um, we should ask him. Um, we should. He's very active on Twitter, um, especially if you talk, say nice things about his book, which is what I'm about to right now. Um, Aaron Campbell is the artist on this with colors by Jose Villa Villarubia, um, and letters and design by Jeff Powell. This is uh, a horror book mm. by way of uh, a family. Um, uh, well, basically, a young mother who is Muslim living with um, her. Well, she's her not even a mother; she's like a stepmom. Not that that doesn't make you a mother. Oh, right, of but course. But yeah. uh, she's recently moved in with her new partner, his young daughter, and her partner's mother, who has some um, has had issues in the past with the fact that she is a Muslim. Yeah, that's right, and and m- we learn that that's largely due to her to her now dead husband, mm-hmm. um, but. For every like step that the the mother kind of takes in trusting her, you know, would be daughter in law. Um, basically, like our main character is seeing visions of horrific shit, which may spooky faces popping up everywhere. Ghosts of, of, of the from the apartment that they're inhibiting. So she accidentally and, stabs her sort of mother in law. Well, tries to Bad yeah, news. and uh, keeps basically like yeah, seeing these horrific visions that uh, that cause horrible accidents to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this ends on a proper fucking scary note. Yeah. This is like probably the scariest book I'm reading right now. Yeah. And it, it has, is really scary. And it has this like, you know, really, really present kind of, you know, current day political feel mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. it that doesn't feel forced in. It makes the book seem realer. Absolutely. And all these characters feel really genuine and like fleshed out. I love it. Even like the little kid who's like obsessed with Star Wars. Yeah, I love that stuff too. Yeah, it's, it's really great. great. It's so good having like the... The geeky side of, a, of of the writer, like you know, I know it's, it gets so cringy when you have pop culture references within other mediums. This but, is a situation which I think it really works because it's because a kid's saying it. Yep. Yep. A kid being obsessed with something is very on brand with kids. Yeah, that's what kids like. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Infidel. I would highly recommend this. this is a really is a, is a, the start of a really really promising memorable series. Yeah. Rem- the art. Um, reminds me. It's the whole vibe of it reminds me of like a classic Vertigo book. Yeah, or it's, even like a, a like a Brubaker vibe. It's got sort of shades of Kill or Be Killed. Yeah, definitely. Um, is it? Uh, they're living in London. Is that? I think they're living in New York. Oh, there you are. For some reason, I get a I just. I guess because of the. It feels like a early nineties Vertigo book to me, yeah. which I just associate with the UK. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so yeah, they probably are living in New York. Um, really like really really enjoy the infidel. Really great yeah. book. Highly highly recommend. <clears throat> um, we got one of the final issues. We've got I don't know maybe it's like. Ten more at most left of Descender was recently announced by Jeff Lemire that would be ending soon. Dustin Nguyen going on to do big two work and actually get make, make some goddamn money for once. Yeah, what's he doing? Uh, I'm not sure, but he made a, made some comments recently. Cool. Yeah, I, I read comics, not Twitter. Nice. I also read Twitter, but I forget everything <laughs> that I read on there. Um, but this uh, basically has gone from a book about you know robots and humans not you know trying to exist together and. This is now just an all-out war book. Nice. Um, and uh, it leads to 
some very different artwork from um, Dustin Nguyen. You still have the very um, intimate uh, discussions between all the characters, but it's also allowing him to draw some incredible spaceship uh, mm. battles and explosions and cool shit like that. Um, I'll have more to say on this book as the the plot advances more into the final stages of the book, but um, I really enjoy this series. Nice. Final image book is one that you read too. Yep. The Further Adventures of Nick Wilson, issue number four, which I learned at the end of this issue is the fi- second last one. Oh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, this is the book about um, a, 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 the once and only superhero Earth ever had, but he lost his powers. Now he's just some schlub with no job mm. um, who's been convinced to... Um, sign away all of his like rights and costumes and, and his likeness likeness to a, a, a new museum experience uh, dedicated Run by to, his former enemy. Yeah. Um, written by er- Eddie Gorodetsky and Mark, Mark Andreco with um, art, fill-in art by Ian Churchill on this issue. And I thought the art was a, actually quite a step up yeah, from I what agree. it's been in the past. Ian Churchill, so good. Yeah. <laughs> Did you read the background? I just shouldn't read the background. Oh, man. He is so cocky, this yeah. guy. Like... For a man, like basically the vibe of the whole background, it was like, so guys, I know that I'm the writer, but actually art matters too. I don't know if you guys know that, but art actually matters and, too. And he's like, and I would know, I write for television as well. Yeah. And let me tell you about some television stuff. And then he drops Anna Faris's week and Alison, it's Anna Faris's name and Alison yeah. Jenny's name. And I know, I know that's, you know, just the, the, his world, but yeah. it just comes across as really... The vibe is just a dude who hasn't written comics before being like... Can you believe me with all of my... Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of my merits writing a book for comics? And also... What? Did you guys know that, like, being the writer is the most important thing, but the art also matters? (laughs) It communicates things to you that I don't say in my dialogue? That shit's crazy. I'm an ally to artists. Yeah. Anyway, the story's like pretty good. It's a good book. It's a good book. I, sh- I should not read the back matter because it makes me hate this man yep. and hate this book. But it is kind of just another book about like a white jlubby dude redeeming being himself. sad. Yeah. And eventually redeeming himself. But I liked he, his whole life. He's blamed himself for saving the life of, of a man but in but by catching him as he fell off a building. But in turn, uh, crippling him from the yeah. waist down. And he's had that on his conscience for his whole life and we get... The, a different spin on, on, on what actually happened from from the man himself. Um, and I thought that was, you know, pretty touching and nice. Yeah. Um, and I think he does a pretty good job of writing um, Jane, the, yeah. the female he's, character in his life. He's kind of love interest slash just kind of friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's good. I really like it. Yeah, it look, I, I think this is a good story. It's weird that it's just going to end in one more issue, but... I thought it was going to stick around for a bit longer, but if it means less uh, back matter, although, God, can you imagine how uh, pitiful the back matter is going to be on the final issue? Mm. I'm amazing. Yeah. Can you believe it? I did it. I wrote a whole (laughs) miniseries. I worked with an artist. So that is uh, the end of our image reviews. Marvel done, DC done too. We've got other publishers left now. And um, it was a lot of books. I wasn't able to get through all of mine. Unfortunately, did not get to read Lucy Dreaming, Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe, James Bond, The Body Empowered, and Sister Spooky's High School Hell, and Asaga Yojimbo. I read a couple. I read a couple of those. Oh, that's good. Um, but I thought we should start with the return of uh, one of our favorite books um, in what I think was the best issue of this series so far. 
Very, um, very good issue. Fence um, through Boombox, written by C.S. Picat, who is one of the many people coming to King's Comics soon to do a signing. Yes, she will be here, guys. You can go onto the King's Facebook page and check it out. If you're local and want to come on down, it's May 18th. It's going to be a Friday evening. It's going to be um, a Queens of Kings hosted <coughs> event, but you don't have to be a lady to come along. But um, it just means that I'm going to interview her for the first hour and we'll do some questions and then there'll be a signing for the second hour. Should be good fun. You're going to amplify that interview or can I just put these mics in front of your hand and you can just record like a normal podcast? Um, I think we'll just be able to record it like a normal podcast because yes. we're just doing it in the store so it's not going to be big. And yeah, I have easier. a carrying voice. Great. You do. I do. Do you know that uh, you you are actually half the level I am when I edit <laughs> the episode? <laughs> Nate is always telling me off when Otto's asleep. He's like, I know you're not shouting, but your voice just carries and he hears you and then he wakes up. I get really mad about it. Uh, so CS Cat writes Fence with uh, Art by Joanna the Mad and jo- Joanna La Fuente on Colors. Mm-hmm. This is a book about a, uh, a school of exclusively beautiful men, mm-hmm. young men, um, who are um, uh, dating each other, but also fencing, mostly. Yeah, <laughs> mostly fencing. Um, and um, we've kind of, you know, th- this is they're, they're, some of them are at this school on a scholarship, so if they don't um, win a win a match or make it through to the finals mm-hmm. in this like uh, kind of fencing tournament that's happening mm-hmm. at the school during these issues that they won't be at the school anymore. We'll lose their beautiful face. But you know, to be honest, there's a lot of beautiful faces to go around. So yeah, absolutely, not really our loss. Um, but this saw um, Seiji, who is kind of like the antagonist of the book, who is like this untouchable fencer who took down our protagonist um, in the first issue, um, kind of meet his match in. Uh, Aiden, who is this uh, boy that basically sleeps with everyone yep, at the school. and then doesn't call them the next day. And All bre- right. He's the heartbreaker of fence. Yep. And, and he, it shows... I like that every issue shows like a different kind of element to fencing and yes. it shows how much it's, it's a psychological battle between two people. Um, and Aiden uses that hilariously to his advantage. But I just think like I've never read anything that me- like painted a picture of why this sport is a great Mm. thing for these, like why the characters love this sport so much or are so obsessed with this sport. Absolutely. It it does so much in the way of, of doing that while explaining elements of their character at the same Mm -hmm. time. And (laughs) this issue was thrilling as well in terms of watching them fence together. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, you see the scoreboard and first one of them is like decimating the other one and then they catch up and Mm -hmm. the shock looks on both their faces and also the faces of everyone watching it was. This is an exhilarating read. It really is, and the the continued sort of um, fleshing out of our our lead character Nicholas, who is uh, looks like the illegitimate son of a world famous fencer, um, and he just wants to sort of prove himself. Yeah. To his dad, even if his dad isn't in his life um, or alive. Oh, is he dead? I think so. I thought that he was alive and just like had a son at a different school. Oh, okay, right. Or something. Anyway. Right. He's I'm so used to comics just being, oh no, the dad's dead. <laughs> um, but I love it. I love the coach. I love all these characters. I love I love this book. Yeah. It's so good, guys. Me too. This, this issue was particularly excellent too. Mm-hmm. And the first trade uh, featuring the first four issues of this series just came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like you will be able to get it signed at King's in a few weeks. Yeah. But um, look, even if you cannot get to King's, you should like, you know, there are very few comics that we were like, you fucking have to read this one. Um, and I, I really think this deserves your attention, Absolutely. especially if you love, I mean, I don't know what I would compare it to, but like, if you are looking for a book that convinces you that sports storytelling can be amazing. Yeah. If you like sports manga, 
pick this up if you like things like um, Slam Dunk or other sports manga or anything like I think I think if you like manga that um, really hones in on a specific sort of subculture or niche yeah totally um, like if you like sort of cooking manga if you like Ocean Bow and stuff like that I wine think manga wine manga <laughs> drops of god but yeah this is not a manga just in case anyone was wondering no this but it a, does have manga vibes definitely um, and I actually asked for a bunch of sports manga or comics recommendations in our Facebook group this week mm-hmm. and was given quite an amazing list if you would like to share that with me you can come and check it out at our Facebook group which is facebook.com slash groups slash serious issues podcast more discussions of comics on there please yes Please. Not just making threads saying you bought something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about some issues of comics that came out through Black Crown this week. We got issue three of Punks Not Dead, which is uh, a comic written by a man whose a name man. David Barnett, with art by Martin Simmons and letters by Aditya Bidikar, um, and flats by Deaconif. Um, this is a book about, <clears throat> like, the. Um, he's not Sid Vicious, but he's kind of close to Sid he Vicious. Just is. He's a He's a dead punk who. His name is Sid, um, who looks it, like Sid Vicious. And he's now. He can currently only be seen by this one um, loser school kid. But he's not a loser. He's not a loser. Like you know, I talked about that stupid demigod book at the at the start of the episode, mm. in the way that it's like you know he's a dumb loser who can't get the he can't get the girl. What a loser! Yeah, and you could describe this character in the Fer- Fergie Fergal mm. in the same way, but it's so different. It's so much more nuanced, mm-hmm. and he's a you know he has a character that he's a character that has a lot more going for him. He's just you know shy and seen as a loser. Yeah, um, he's just like an awkward weirdo with a mum who puts him in some difficult situations all the time to make who money. has bad acne and is quiet and awkward. Yeah, um, what I love about this is that it's just so ridiculously British. Mm. Um, you know, a celebration of not just punk culture, but also just like different things that you would only really get from. Again, it's that you know early nineties Vertigo. That, I, that it's a subset of comics that I love reading, Absolutely. and there are a lot less of them than there used to be. Um, and I think last time I reviewed this, I said that this is like the closest thing to a great Hellblazer book mm-hmm. we've gotten since Hellblazer finished at Vertigo mm-hmm. we, before that, because I didn't like the final fifty issues of Hellblazer. But um, yeah, I, I, I think this is a really, really great, great book with great art by. Um, Simmons, mm-hmm. um, and I love the kind of the Ghostbusters kind of element. We have this like older woman who is kind of like a uh, what she's like a supernatural kind of investigator. But for the government, it's like um, what would the equivalent be in superhero comics? I don't know. Shield. Yes, um, but, but weirder. Yeah, and and she's like bawdy and crass yep. and and awful, really. Yeah. but in a, a, a hilariously a British way. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, look, I just I, this book's a really really fun. I, there was a little preview for what's to come in the um, Black Crown Quarterly number mm-hmm. three that also came out this week. Um, it looks like it's about to really really hone in on way more weird mystical shit too, which is uh, going to be a lot of fun. This is awesome. a really cool series. I love this book. Hey, yeah, it's real good. Yeah, I think that that um, and the next book that we're going to talk about. Have both like totally blown me away. I think the Black Crown are doing great stuff. Yeah, so except uh, for that weird one, Kid Lobotomy. Yeah, but Assassinistas, the next book is my favorite. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? Uh, written by Teeny Howard with art by Gilbert Hernandez. Uh, do you know? Um, I realized this week. Um, so I, I, I train a lot. Oh yeah, uh, I talk about it very occasionally on the mm-hmm. podcast. Um, some would say too much. Others say maybe not enough. I don't know. Um, wait, let us know where you fall by uh, uh, writing on a piece of paper and throwing it into the sky. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, I train with uh, 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 like a bunch of people that I would not hang out with normally in life. I would never mm-hmm. even encounter in normal life. And one of them is a 
bikini bodybuilder. Nice. Who I realized is drawn, like she looks like a Gilbert Hernandez drawing. Nice. <laughs> like tattoos and the hair and the build yep. of a, like, yeah. Those Massive bazooka-like bosoms. That is that what you're trying <laughs> to say by build? But, no, but, no like, but also like the, the, the muscle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she's a bodybuilder. She, yeah. yeah. So she goes on stage. She There was a fitness expo. She goes on stage. She flexes, oh, holds she, position. Like, paint herself bronze in that really crazy way? I haven't seen pics yet. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah, you gotta. But uh, yeah, I was like, it was funny. I was like, is there something familiar about, oh my God, you look like a Gilbert Hernandez drawing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Gilbert Hernandez draws his book, Assassinistas, which is uh, about uh, three ex-assassins or assassinistas to be exact, mm-hmm. who uh, they're all grown up and uh, they've got children. Some mm-hmm. of them have children, some of them don't. Some of them are still being assassins, but mm-hmm. they're all kind of against each other right now in different ways or think that each other's against them. Um, and... Uh, the, our main uh, kind of uh, the main assassinista has recruited her her son and her son's boyfriend to help her on a mission. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this issue got really wacky in parts. Yeah. They're, they're, they're like shooting weird robots, and um, you know the boyfriend is like can't deal with killing, pe- like shooting people, and like kind of throws up. And yeah, it, it, there's a there's a breakfast truck called the Breakfast Bar that's painted like a waffle. Yep, great filled with weapons. Yep, um, there's great flashbacks and and. Uh, I just, it has a lot. This is just so much fun. And it's such a, like, great, like, Gilbert Hernandez gets to have so much fun with drawing sort of 70s fashion and big hair and the clothes and the colors are gorgeous. And yeah, there's so much that's super enjoyable about this book. And I, I don't know what's going to happen with any, because, like, there's almost like the stakes don't really exist in this, but that's yeah. fine. It's like it has this real soap opera vibe, which is mm-hmm. what Gilbert Hernandez has in his books too mm-hmm. that he writes. Um, but, uh, you know, there's also lots of guns and over-the-top kind of assassinations going wrong and stuff like that. It's yeah. super fun. And a lot, of, a lot of great backstories that they kind of let you in little snippets of. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on in this book. I really love it. Absolutely. Teeny Howard is knocking it out of the park with yep. this. Go Teeny. Go Teeny. <laughs> um, Quantum and Woody came out uh, this week, issue number five, through Valiant, written by Daniel Kibblesmith with art by Kano and Dave Sharp, um, and uh, featured one of my favorite lines that I read this week, and um, that was, okay, it's official, I hate Australia. Yeah. Because Quantum and Woody are stuck in Australia, trapped in the opera house, which yeah. is being used as a doomsday <laughs> device. Fighting a bunch of um, like genetically altered marsupials, so it's like a... A platypus that flies with its tail and a whole bunch of crazy shit. And Pretty it, silly. And it involved a lot of truths about uh, both of their real fathers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know all kinds of uh, you know world domination plots gone wrong and stuff like that. This was actually um, uh, Daniel Kibblesmith's final issue of Quantum and Woody. That's probably next, the one that I enjoyed the most. Yeah, me too. Um, next issue was written by Elliot Rahal with um, a new art team as well. Ooh, wait, who's Elliot Rahal? He just does lots of... Um, lots of well, the only things I've read is, by, is, is uh, lots of Valiant stuff, yeah. Cool. Um, but uh, yeah, this was super fun. Great jokes throughout it. Mm-hmm. I mean, any, any comic that ends with the opera house exploding is okay in my book. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Blow up more Australian monuments. Yeah, blow up... Westfield Tower, All right. Sydney Tower. What's it Just called? It Just called Center Point. Center Point, yeah. Exactly. Just called Center Point. Okay. Okay. Deal. Done. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought this is a really, really fun finale, and um, with lots of great jokes and excellent art from Kano, mm-hmm. who uh, is you know on my like will always pick up something that he does the art on now because I really enjoy it. Really good fun. Really great um, panel layouts and stuff yeah. like that as well. So good. 
What you got next? Siobhan. Um, I did read James Bond, The Body, issue four, written by Alice Cott with art by Owen Marin, colors by Valentina Pinto. Now, I hated the last issue, and so I was like really reluctant to start this one, and I didn't. Should I? Uh, I thought this was a really great issue. It sort okay, of cool. f- uh, ends with um, after the he shot all those neo-Nazis or whatever, <laughs> um, <laughs> Bond is trying to escape through a forest and he passes out and he wakes up in a woman's house um, and realizes that they are trapped inside there and there's an assassin outside who's coming to get them. And so he turns the house into a sort of um, assassin trap. Home alone. Home alone. It's home alone. He home alones it. Um, But then the lady takes care of it anyway. Okay. She sees him. She sees the assassin sneaking around outside, shoots him, and is like, "I dealt with that while you were asleep." Bond. <laughs> um, but it's it's kind of nice. It's it's more about this woman and about sort of the way that we all deal with things. And some people are better alone. Some people are better in a crowd. It's <laughs> um, really enjoyable. I, I I think this was after the slightly on the nose, slightly um, sure. Final last issue. I think that this was um, good fun. Cool. I enjoyed it. I'm um, over to Dark Horse now, and mm-hmm. I, we had the finale of Vinegar Teeth, the incredibly weird book by Troy Nixie, Damon Gentry, and Michelle Madsen, um, about a weird alien who comes to Earth and teams up with a drunk detective, mm-hmm. um, and then together they had to work um, to like stop the alien's father from eating the entire world. <laughs> Uh, it was so ridiculously over the top. Um, Troy Nixie is a crazy cartoonist um, with uh, just 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 insanity in his mm. brain that he just spews all over the page. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was a, a very silly, goofy uh, finale to a pretty fun series. Um, nice. And uh, yeah, it's it's always good getting some new stuff by Troy Nixie. He's a he's an amazing cartoonist. Really bizarre. Yep. Really odd stuff. Real good. Um, also, Dark Horse, I read issue four of Empowered and Sister Spooky's High School Hell, um, which involves a junk food elemental, so a giant monster made out of like pizza and chips and ice cream <laughs> that um, is powered by these sort of teenagers who um, binge eat and then <laughs> purge, um, which is pretty hectic. It sort of deals with a lot of like fairly full on teenage girl stuff in a really funny approachable, hilarious way. Um, I, I love it. I really love this series. I find it very funny. I think Adam Warren's really funny, and I think Carla Speed McNeil is nailing it um, art-wise, and I think that it's nice to see her art coloured as well, because she usually works in black and white. Yeah, well, I mean, Empowered is usually black and white too, so it's, yeah. a, it's a nice treat getting this, and I will be reading this immediately after the episode. Yep, good call. You read um, another Dark Horse book? Yep, I also read issue two of Yusagi Yujimbo, The Hidden by Stan Sakai, obviously. Um, and this is a sort of more contained murder mystery, I guess, for Yusagi Yujimbo, as someone who's not read much. Well, normally they're like kind of like, you know, two, road. two, episode, two issues or whatever and the story wraps up. Okay. So this is a pretty long one for them. Right. So this is all about a group of Christians. Christians? Christians. Christians. That was hard. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. They, um, Christianity. Anyway, you know what I mean. <laughs> Christians who have been murdered and there's some there's some weird stuff going on in this small town in Japan where Christians are outlawed and they're trying to Usagi and the chief inspector in the town are trying to find out what's going on um, and it's great and there's a really cute little um, chibi, chibi chibi Usagi chibi backup story in the back which is 
super adorable. Yeah. And I love it. Add this to the, I will read this immediately after the show pile. Yeah. Um, I like the historical connections that this book has because mm. Soggy Jimbo really does. Mm. It's cool. It's good fun. Um, over to IODW now. I've got uh, issue three of The Spider King which is uh, a book written by Josh Van with uh, illustrations by Simone Diamini, colors by Adrian Block. Um, this is a sci-fi meets fantasy book uh, in which an alien spaceship crashes um, on uh, in the middle of a, of a war between uh, different, what do you call these guys, Vi- Viking? Yeah. Vikings, sure. Um, and uh, they basically take all the alien tech um, and, and, and try and fight each other with this alien tech. Mm-hmm. But the kind of leader of these aliens uh, bonds with um, some humans and he becomes the Spider King. Nice. And um, we see the extent of his powers and what horrible bullshit, like, you know, horrible, horrible violence he's brought to the land um, mm. by through mind control. Great fun. Um, yeah, really, really fun. Great Such artwork. Such cool art. Yeah. Um, definitely one to pick up if you're a fan of um, Headlopper. Yeah. And would like some more space in it. Because nice. a bit of space in this. Um, finally, the book, we, last book we're going to talk about is the biggest book that we read this week. It's magazine format. That's why. Uh, it's The Highest House, issue number three. We reviewed issue two of it last week. And for some reason, issue three came out one week later. I'm into it. Yep. Written by Mike Carey with art by Peter Gross. Colors by Fabian Alquire. Covers by Yuko Shimizu, who you should all buy this just for that cover. Yeah, the covers are so good, aren't they? So gorgeous. Um, and I love that they're like embossed on certain mm, parts of the artwork. Shiny. Real shiny. Um, so this is about a, um, a boy who is taken from his family to become a servant at the highest house in all the lands that overlooks the rest of the country, mm-hmm. um, in this, uh, you know, the, the, the richest place in, the, in, 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 in sort of medieval era <laughs> yeah, place, Europe ish, mm, that, yes. that, that general vicinity. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he has aligned himself with a, uh, Supernatural being who is entombed in a stone mm-hmm, called ben- Obsidian beneath the highest house, and um, they've made a pact to help each other out. Seems like it's probably a bad call, bro. Because it seems kind of evil. Like, look at the font that he's typed in. Yeah, pretty evil font. Mm-hmm. But basically, this sees him kind of like through teaming up with with this big rock, um, who is able to kind of make things happen within the high, highest house. This sounds ridiculous, but it works mm-hmm. so well. It's a very, it's quite a dry, serious book, but it's it's it's, it's Great storytelling. But he's kind of allowed the boy to kind of work his way further and further up the highest house at one point in this issue. He's even offered freedom um, as a slave, mm-hmm. um, but has to turn it down because of the deal that he's made. Mm-hmm. A lot going on in this book, and yeah. uh, I think this could end up being quite an epic story. Yeah, it's incredibly engrossing, and it's like a, it's a lovely sort of... Um, it's a really beautifully presented book. Um, it's really nice to read month by month. Yes. Um and it's yeah, it's, it's constantly engaging, really interesting, really different to everything else on the stands at the moment. I think I yeah, love this book really. I highly, highly recommend picking this up if you, can, if you can still find copies. If not, I'm sure the oversized first trade will be available quite soon. Yep. Um, so that's the highest house. The last uh, issue that we're going to review on today's show, which is entitled "Gobby Carnage." Remember, <laughs> um, oh, no. Siobhan, I'm going to try and make you remember to do this at the end of every episode. Oh yeah, we sorry, have to pick guys. our favorite sorry, comic. Sorry, sorry. Our favorite okay. comic from from what we, what we reviewed this week. I'm okay. going to go with Fence, issue Damn number five. Okay. Right. It's okay. You can say the same thing as me. Okay. It's either Fence or maybe Assassinistas. Two very good ones. Definitely. Assassinistas. Okay. Nice. You love being different. I love being different. So the picks of the week for 
serious issues this week. And I should not say picks of the week because that is what another podcast calls their pick of the week. Oh, really? they've, they've, I'm sure they've copyrighted it. We're going to get sued, Jamal. We're fucked. Oh, fuck. All right. See you later, guys. Um, but it was great having um, all, of, all of the episodes so far. But anyway, Fence, <laughs> issue five, and Assassinises, issue four. They're our... Best fucking comics of the week. I love it. Rolls right Good. off the tongue. Um, so thank you so much for listening. If you want to find us online, we are facebook.com slash group slash Serious Issues Podcast. Or you can uh, support the show by heading to patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. We've got a bonus episode coming for you very, very soon. Um, Good. Yeah, pretty cool of us to do that. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are Serious underscore underscore Issues or individually at Siobhan CBG or at LevDog. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you... Uh, put in your diary the first Saturday of uh, May is free comic book day and we will be celebrating at King's Comics in Sydney 310 Pitt Street Um, and uh, both of us will be highly involved on the day Mm -hmm. I'll be walking up and down the main line doing trivia giving out prizes just being the friendly face on the outside and inside you get the grumpy face of Siobhan stressed out more than she ever is throughout the rest of the year yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is my most stressful day of the year, which is kind of funny being able to just say that. But you've you've put together probably the best lineup of creators that yeah. Kings has ever had this year. And I reckon. It's super exciting. Again, that's uh, Tom Taylor, Nicholas Scott, Andrew Constant, Dean Rankin. Paul Mason. Paul Mason. It's going to be good. Can get some comics signed and uh, some free comics and then buy a whole bunch of stuff because there's a sale on too. Yes, please. Super fun shit. See you at Kings Comics on that first weekend, first Saturday of, uh, of May. I can't wait. And uh, I can't wait even more. I can't wait because then it'll be over. See you soon, everybody. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.